Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. My topic today is proactive defense. It's my pleasure to welcome to the studio Derek Mankey. He's Chief Security Insights and Global Threat Alliances at Fortinet's FortiGuard Labs. Derek, always a pleasure to speak with you. Hey, Tom, it's great to speak with you again as well. Thank you. Derek, for backdrop for today's conversation, how has the threat landscape changed in recent months? And what does that mean for organizations? Yeah, Tom, you know what? It's It's been, a, I would say, a significant change. Significant in the fact that it's in such a compressed, you know, relatively compressed uh, period of time. You know, I've been monitoring the threat landscape over 20 years, and generally, these changes take more time than six months. I mean, we would be talking about a shift in technology, typically, um, that, that could take, you know, span three to four years, as an example. Uh, obviously, this has been driven by by the, the quote-unquote new normal, the COVID landscape. Um, so we've seen, you know, the attack surface changing, and there's, you know, a lot more people that are being connected in, let's, let's call it, uh, uh, Uncharted water, new territories, new new um, new networks that have that have converged onto home networks, right? That that aren't necessarily pro- properly segmented, as an example. So there's a lot more people now that are connected uh, in more vulnerable environments that hadn't been previously secured. Couple that with the fact that you know we see uh, the this new landscape has you know with the global pandemic uh, being exactly that global. So, you know, typically a lot of cyber attack campaigns focus on just one region or more, uh, you know, one demographic, one one group of people, as an example, usually one regionalized language as well. That's not the case here. Um, you know, we, we've seen attack campaigns in many different languages, many different regions, different themes, different impersonations of different local health authorities, as an example. So there's a lot more social engineering lures that are being more effective. You know, cyber criminals always like to, to prey on, on victims when they're in a vulnerable position. And that's been the significant change. So combination between technology, vulnerabilities, and vulnerable people has made this effective. And, and, and that means that it's not just one or two cyber criminal organizations that are interested in this, it's been uh, many worldwide. And so that's that's been the significant change. Derek, I preface this by saying we talk about proactive defense, and that's a term that people can interpret in many different ways. So my question for you, how do you define proactive defense, and how does it differ from what defenders strive to achieve now? Yeah, so security is always highly strategic, Karma. And um, if we look at how we can best you know, protect ourselves against attacks, uh, we really have to step back and look at the, the fundamentals, the mechanics of the attacks, right? Um, this is actually true. You know, it's quite interesting because it's not, it doesn't just apply to cybersecurity. It also applies to physical security in the world of crime, as an example. But really, if we, if we want to be proactive, um, and, and you, think, you have to think of how an attacker moves, right? And uh, attackers uh, usually will go in various cycles. There's no silver bullet, you know, to, to protecting yourself. Um, it's all about a, a comprehensive, holistic approach. So being proactive really focuses on what we call the left side of the attacks. So this is pre-attack. Uh, even MITRE, they, they define something called the pre the attack framework, and there's something called pre-attack, which really focuses on what happens before an attack. 
And that includes things like uh, reconnaissance, blueprinting, understanding networks, um, understanding details about the victims, right? So there's, there's everything people can do to focus on proactive from a human perspective, right? I.e. Not, not disclosing too much PAI, personally identifiable information on social media as an example that could be used for, for phishing lures. Uh, but also, you know, obviously not, not uh, being educated and trained is really important. Listening to, to, to podcasts like this and, and reading uh, things like our Threat Landscape Report, which we release every year from Fortigar Labs. These sorts of things really go a long way to, to educate people um, on, on what the latest attacks are. So really priming people. And this goes back into uh, corporate environments as well, right? So if we look at uh, corporate environments, Having, uh, you know, from a, an IT perspective, doing regular uh, phishing tests against employees, as an example, that, that's a good way to start proactively hardening defenses, right? So there's, there's a human component, but there's also the, the technology component. So um, certainly things like looking at uh, patch management practices, right? Uh, we talk, we've been talking about this for a decade, but it's more relevant than ever, uh, making sure that uh, computers are up to date and patched all, all the time. Um, segmenting those networks, you know, again, in this world of th this new normal uh, with uh, people working from home, um, you know, obviously using things like VPNs, two-factor authentication, and, and, and segmenting those, those networks, the so secure Wi-Fi access, all, all those technology pieces also go a long way uh, to be a proactive Tom. Derek, you talked about getting inside the attacker's head. I want to follow up on that. How can we use today's cyber criminal attack methods to better secure really our future? Yeah, so it's we there, there's the good news is uh, there's there's a lot of things that we can do. Um, you know, in fact, if we look at uh, most of the going go, going to something like the patch management practices, this year has been on pace to set the record for the most amount of uh, you know software flaws or vulnerabilities that have been actually discovered and filed. Um, that's a direct result of the world of uh, operational technology now. So IoT going to OT, especially in these home networks that, that we're seeing um, that are now being used for uh, you know um, organizations um, you know that extended beyond the, the the perimeter, right? So if we look at you know what we can do to secure the future you know we're looking at things like understanding that okay first of all these are all new vulnerabilities but they're not actively being um, exploited so that's that's good news um but i can you know rest <laughs> i i can um uh, almost assure you that these are going to be exploited uh, in the near future uh, once once these old you know um, attack methods stop becoming less uh, effective so uh, preparing for that uh, in, in the future is going to be uh, really important um, so hardening uh, hardened uh, defenses doing things like the education piece i talked about preparing for the the world that's uh, upon us now too as we move into this right really putting security as a priority first using solutions to be able to detect threats uh, a lot of a lot of organizations believe that they're not under attack because they don't see anything uh, but you can only see uh, sorry you can only protect against what you can see and so this comes down to uh, the world of threat intelligence that we use with FortiGuard labs not only from a human level reading reports but also from a technology level leveraging things like artificial intelligence machine learning solutions that will actually um, leverage that threat intelligence to detect these attacks and actually actively respond to these attacks too. 
we're seeing so much volume, Tom. You know, I, I get over 100 billion potential threat events a day just in 40 guard labs that we're monitoring. And um, that's, that's, it's unwieldy. It's overwhelming to a lot of organizations. So it's really a matter of trying to set up a stacked approach to, to leverage uh, technology, but have escalation paths to, to human experts. Um, and basically all the above that we just talked about too. Derek, important context for this conversation. At FortiGuard Labs, you've just announced your new threat report. What would you highlight as some of the key takeaways? So uh, we, we just released this for the first half of 2020. Obviously, we had just talked uh, touched earlier on one of the, the obvious ones, I would say, which is that six-month change that's happened to everybody worldwide. Um, so this is the, the fact, um, just in summary, just quickly, that we've seen attacks on a global level. Um, we, we don't see, when it comes to attack campaigns, we see these regionally, we see them in some waves that are about one to two weeks long. And then after one or two weeks, typically it plays on, you know, regionalized events. It could be a political event. It could be a local news event or a disaster that happened. But since this is global, we're not seeing that typical one to two week phishing campaign. Uh, we're seeing a six month dynamic involving phishing campaigns um, that have gone from things like, uh, you know, um, preying on COVID uh, when it first came out in, in March to you know themes on on phase two phase three re reopenings as an example so so that that's point one that we saw and we saw a lot of volume with that tom i mean back in march we were seeing over 600 different campaigns a day that were hitting that the good news is that trend is now tailed off uh, where it's about uh, 50 to 75 different types of social engineering attacks per day that we're seeing uh, but it's still quite relevant. Uh, second point that we uh, take away that we had is that web attacks now, uh, for the first time in a while, have overtaken email as a primary attack vehicle. I never say that the attack surface, uh, you know, or the threat landscape, let's say, moves on. It's actually evolving. It's growing. Um, so old methods are always still relevant. And email, which is uh, has been around um, for for decades, has always been a favored. Uh, attack vehicle, which is which is why going back to how people uh, can protect themselves, the education against email attacks is still really important. But with that said, we're starting to see web-based attacks now. So websites uh, that are newly registered, uh, hosting up malware combined with these social engineering lures, um, uh, we're starting to see that the, the web-based attacks for the first half of 2020 is the most prevalent. You know, the other thing is that we're starting, uh, we, we saw uh, consumer grade uh, routers, as an example. So IoT devices, DVRs, again, these things that are traditionally sitting on those home networks that in the past weren't hooked up to corporate networks are now uh, in reality being um, connected, which is why segmentation is important, like I said. Uh, but we're directly seeing that. We're seeing a lot of high traffic um, attack uh, to, to try to exploit and, and uh, compromise and gain access to those routers. We call these springboard attacks because if they can get into those routers or those home devices, they can then move laterally within a network uh, onto a device that's connected to the victim's corporate network. And, and this is how they could breach uh, an organization. Uh, so that's something definitely to watch out for. And, you know, the last point I'll make on that, Tom, well, the last uh, takeaway is that uh, we saw, uh, going back to the vulnerability point I talked about earlier, uh, we're on, on, on pace to 
to set record for the amount of uh, vulnerabilities that are discovered. Um, cyber criminals like to put these in their pocket. If they, if, they, if they have a weapon, they don't necessarily like to use it right away. If the weapon they're already using, which to our report are uh, uh, software vulnerabilities and exploits from 2018, until those be, become less effective, um, they're still favored right now. Um, they won't use these ones from 2020. So in other words, there's about a two year window there. And um, you know, I would fully expect to see in the next year to two years, these vulnerabilities that were discovered this year to be in full swing. Well, that's a good point. It gives me the, the entree to ask you a little bit about, to look ahead. Given what you've learned, given the data you have coming into your, your desktop every day, what are the trends you're going to watch as we close out summer and start to head into the latter third of this year? Yeah, so definitely going to watch uh, what we just talked on there, um, uh, a rise in, in those exploits and vulnerabilities on that attack surface. I'm also really expecting to see uh, more OT operational technology attacks. And this is something that is a, um, a big concern to me because uh, if you think of the nature of operational technology as well, these are things that extend beyond just um, IoT. Uh, so it, it's uh, it's a superset, right? And when we're looking at things that are also business critical, um, connected certainly to cyber physical, to human lives, but also key critical business revenue streams. So if we look at the average cost of data breaches, uh, they're typically pegged about three to four million dollars US a year um, because of the nature of these um, attack targets now, um, you know, with converged technology, digital transformation, working to, to OT, uh, we're starting to see that rise, right? And and that's something that that's a trend that I'm going to be following quite closely. Um, I'm talking about targeted ransom attacks, not just general ransomware that can cause in excess of let's say ten million dollars, twenty million dollars US to organizations. So it makes it even more critical, really, to focus on on this proactive theme that we've been discussing today. Also, obviously moving forward, what's gonna compound that is the world of 5G too, right? If we look at the world of 5G, you're dealing with even more devices that are communicating incredibly fast. And so from a, a technology trend, we really have to start looking at the trends for proactive defense, again, leveraging machine learning, uh, artificial technology too. Uh, the last thing I'll, I'll touch on with that is, um, you know, from our side, one of the trends in the in, from the good guys in the security industry uh, in the world of threat intelligence is uh, playbook development. And this is something that we're doing at FortiGuard Labs. So this is actually mapping out the adversaries, following them to a T on their techniques, tactics, procedures, how they're operating, where they're operating, what verticals are they hitting so that we can actually be pro more proactive in anticipating attackers' next moves, trying to shut them down, working with law enforcement. This is something that we do regularly, as an example, with, with Interpol as well. So yeah, you, you can always look at it from two sides of the coins, right? Trends from the attacker's point of view, but also good trends that are happening from, from, from our industry as well. Well, Derek, as the remainder of this year unfolds, I look forward to talking with you again to get more updates on what's going on at FortiGuard Labs and your insights on these trends, as well as the evolution of proactive defense. Thanks so much for taking time to speak with me today. Uh, anytime, Tom. Thank you so much. Again, I've been speaking with Derek Mankey with FortiGuard Labs for Information Security Media Group. I'm Tom Field. Thank you so much.